0: Todd's Road Campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. About a month ago, Chad asked me to preach. So, Chad, if you're listening, good planning, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, we're sorry about uh, Josiah and sorry about his uh, uh, school issues, as that's probably happened in your families as well, right? When Chad uh, asked me to preach he gave me well told me the lectionary uh, lesson for today and since we've been in wisdom literature through this summer Proverbs 31 Proverbs 31 is is the scripture that that uh, uh, he gave me uh, a word to the wise a woman of wisdom and uh The translation I was working from says a virtuous woman who can find is the first verse. And I think uh, from the scripture in our bulletin, a competent wife, how does one find? Well, it all kind of comes down to the same thing, doesn't it? Well, after I started studying this scripture and background, immediately my mind went to uh, my mother. A key role model in my life. Now, I had a role model of a dad, but uh, mom was always kind of like a hero. Well, not like she was a hero to me. Not only did she cook all of our meals, a family of six, and after my sister left, three boys. Good gosh, you know, that was a lot of trouble. So she cooked all our meals, and that would be three meals a day uh, for sure. She'd washed our clothes. She'd cleaned the house. And she would come out and help us herd the cows in the fields. She'd get on the tractor, and she'd come out to the tobacco patch. That was no fun, folks. I, don't get me started about the tobacco patch. It was bad. And for her to come out and help us with that, well, she was she was just on and on and on, a hands-on, always with us as a family. And then she also was very gifted as a pianist and played for our local church worship for 50 years. Uh, My sister was, we were talking about that plaque she got in recognition of that just the other day. And I often thought about how in the world did she do all this? How did she do all this? Well, our focus in worship lately has been about wisdom literature. And last week, as Chad was preaching, he, he mentioned the phrase, a wise woman spoke. Well, those passages are few and far between when it's recorded that a wise woman speaks. We have all kinds of wise men who are quoted and lifted up as examples. We have Moses and Abraham and Jacob and Joseph and uh, Peter and Paul and Barnabas, just list them, right? They come right too, but the words of a, a wise woman not that, not that there weren't many examples of that but certainly we don't hear that and don't read that reference that much we know there was uh, Deborah who was a judge we know uh, there was Hulda. uh sounds like an action hero right H-U-L-D-A Huldah was uh, a prophetess and we have Of course, Mary and the great example she was, and Esther and Sarah. So anyway, it's about time we hear the voices of the women, the wise women of Scripture. Can I get an amen from the women? (laughs) I thought surely half the crowd would be with me. Yep. Well, and it's not even Mother's Day, and we're preaching about a wise woman. How about that? It's amazing. We're we're just in the ordinary time of summer and early fall in the liturgical year. It's not a high day like uh, Advent or Lent or Easter or Christmas. It's just what we call ordinary, ordinary time. And this is the lectionary passage for today. So here we have in Proverbs 31 uh, a virtuous woman, a competent woman, who is lifted up as a role model for us, a role model of wisdom. So let's unpack this a bit. Why, why is she considered a wise woman? Well, this virtuous woman was an entrepreneur. Now, that's not King James translation, that's not NIV, that's no translation. That's just Tom Eblen saying, as I read about her, I call her an entrepreneur. She uh, had a role. Usually, men are noted for uh, in those days, and even uh, three thousand years later, even today, we have women who have risen to CEO level positions. Uh, just this week, I heard that it was like a my gosh, you know, a woman has been named the voice of a professional team. Was it the Bucks or? Anyway, it's like, ooh, you know, <laughs> the news caught that one. But anyway. Uh, an entrepreneur is one who takes initiative. She looks for good deals and bargains and seeks ways to improve her life and the life of her family. Well, this woman in Proverbs 31, and we don't even have her name, unfortunately, but she was an investor. She deals in money matters. Whoa, a woman dealing in money matters, and they're writing about it in the Bible. Verse 16 says, she goes to inspect a field and buys it. Doesn't say she went back home and asked her for a husband first. She sees a field, she buys it, and with her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Mm. So, and then later it says she makes garments, and then she goes sells them to merchants in the marketplace. She takes the initiative with confidence. And the scripture goes and talks about on and talks about how she's a hard worker. How she's energetic and strong. And verse 15 says, she's up before dawn to prepare breakfast. And her lamp burns way into the night. Now I'm not saying everybody has to do that. Okay ladies and <laughs> um, men. But anyway that's what she did. So she was a role model and she was wise because she had this entrepreneurial type personality. Quite a woman indeed. Well, another reason she's lifted up as a role model is that her character, her character was beyond reproach. Verse 25 says, She is clothed with strength and dignity. And verse 26 says, and when she speaks, her words are wise. I think that's an interesting verse. When she speaks. Well, we may we may jump ahead to 1 Corinthians where Paul says, women aren't supposed to speak in church. Well, we know that was a cultural thing. And Paul was trying to say, you know, we're trying to get the church kicked off here in her Corinth. Let's don't fight against the culture let's just women just keep it down and let the men take the lead that's kind of what he was talking about but later Paul praised the women I wish everybody who quotes that verse would go on and quote how Paul praised the women who did support his ministry and spoke up well maybe this woman spoke everywhere but in the temple but I doubt it I think she was so wise everybody around her wanted to listen to her and it says when she speaks so maybe she didn't speak publicly often but when she did everybody was listening because the bible says her words are wise yes she knew a lot about sewing about housework about cooking and she knew a lot about business about to how to provide for her family and to work for her husband. Now, I wasn't going to make a big thing of this, but the scripture talks about her husband sits at the gate with the elders. I'm thinking, okay, she, he's sitting and she's out doing all this, but we won't, we won't go there. I'm not going to chase that rabbit today. Sorry about that. But anyway, she speaks, she speaks, and the people listen. So we have this role model of this wise woman who's providing for her family, working hard to make it all work out, and she has the respect of the community. It says she even gives to the poor and helps the needy. So, yes, quite a woman indeed. Quite a role model for us, right? If we're to learn from wisdom literature, this woman, this leader this community activist, this homemaker, this businesswoman would be one we might want to look at more carefully. Well then, one other thing about this woman, and it is reflected in that 30th verse. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised a woman who fears the Lord well this takes some unpacking here fear of the Lord was a major theme of scripture from Genesis all the way through the Old Testament and into the New Testament so just exactly what does that mean she feared the Lord well uh, Chad must have known I needed to do some studying so on this so i I've went and dug out my Old Testament theology books, two volumes, one and two, uh, by a German, Walter Eichrod. So uh, it drove me to studying about, well, what's, let's talk a little bit more about what the fear of the Lord means in these Old Testament days. It's, it was a basic tenet of the Old Testament people, the people of God. And the phrase throughout Scripture is not a feeling of terror as one scholar puts it but it's more an oscillation a back and forth between kind of a repulsion from an all-powerful God whoa I'm not sure I can approach that God to uh, uh, an attraction like oh I've got to be close to this God the love mercy and grace of this God so One who fears the Lord wasn't necessarily afraid of the Lord, but had a healthy respect for the Lord, a reverence for the Lord, and a feeling of awe. A feeling of awe might be a good translation. So a personal relationship with the Lord God involved fear transforming into trust. The people of Yahweh, the people of God, move from anxiety and fear and awesomeness into a personal relationship. One of the passages, of uh, chapters I read talked about this help from the Lord in overcoming anxiety by trusting in the presence of God. There is no other counterpart like that in all other Near Eastern religions. This The Judeo-Christian heritage of the relationship with God, with Yahweh, with the Lord is unique. Because all the other Near Eastern religions were like, their lesser gods were like, whoa, don't go near, stay away, Mm. don't cross that God, don't get on the wrong side of that God. Those other religions in that day, and really even today, don't really emphasize that personal connection that we can have with the lord god almighty it's kind of like when we see sing the great hymns of faith how great thou art when we in awesome wonder consider all the worlds our lord has made when we think about all that god has done we have this sense of awe and reverence and praise that's that's the fear of the lord healthy respect healthy all but don't keep your distance come on closer to the Lord that's what the Lord wants and evidently that's what the woman in scripture uh, was doing I think also uh, another example of this is like the ark of the covenant remember after the 10 commandments on the stone then they built this box uh, the Ark of the Covenant they called it and put the Ten Commandments and other laws in there and then they carried it wherever they went and when finally uh, they would build it uh, when they camped they put a tent and put the Ark in there and then when they built the temple um, the, the, they would take it and put it kind of in a special place and it was like this was the locus or the where the presence of God was in that box so to speak with the Ten Commandments. And it was an object of fear. Uh, even some places in the Old Testament says, don't touch, don't touch it. Bob. you know, And some, one time I think somebody did and, and they died. So it's that object of fear, the Ten Commandments. You want it, but you better not touch it kind of thing. But it was always there as, as a presence and as a reminder of God being near at hand. That reverent, box with the commandments they carried wherever they went they would not leave that behind because that was more than just a symbol that communicated God is with us wherever wherever we go so fear transformed into a daring trust and this lays the foundation of our hope and this woman one who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. She teaches us about that wisdom. So today we seek to follow and uh, seek to emulate the role model here with her hard work, forthrightness, energetic pursuing of work and home and happiness and also we seek to pursue her spent sense of character and dignity and trust in the community and also this fear of the Lord that she exemplified that was worthy enough to say in scripture she feared the Lord. And as I think about Holy Communion as, as we prepare to receive the sacrament um This fear of the Lord, uh, I think, is kind of represented here. In one sense, it's like, whoa, that's the body and blood of Christ. I I better stay away from that. I've I've known people throughout my ministry who would not take Holy Communion because they were afraid of, of God, or they were afraid they weren't good enough, as if any of us are good enough to receive, but still, God offers this grace to us and and this grace does find us as we heard sung earlier through holy communion through many other ways God's grace finds us and that's what the fear of the Lord is all about we respect we are in awe that a God would love us so much to send Jesus and that Jesus would love us so much to go to the cross that we would know this forgiveness and this grace. So, yes, we need to hear the Lord God beckoning us to come, to receive, and accept what Holy Communion represents the love, the forgiveness, the grace. Of almighty God.